Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. All right, so we already right. talk woodworking. We're ready. <laughs> ben, we have arrived at that oh, time God. in the interview. It's time for the five questions. Oh, I forgot about this. I was going to... Ah, the five questions. Did <laughs> you study for this test, Ben? No. Well, just just so you know, there, while there is no pressure, when we're done, we're going to compare your answers to Mike's, to Matt's, <laughs> to Tom's, and we're going to go back to Ace's. And I've actually gotten these questions from your predecessor, Ed. That's um, right. Are you really going to do that? No, of course not. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm incredibly interested right now. <laughs> you know what? Maybe um, at some point in the future, I will collate a fine woodworking five-question special episode that we can cross-post. Um, that might be interesting. Uh, yeah. But no, there will certainly be no direct comparison, and there is no wrong answer to these questions. Okay. And you know what? I'm sure you're going to beat Peppermint, so don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so – since Chris is a little rusty, I'm going to start with the first question. Uh, how did you get into woodworking? Uh, I answered that. Um, it's, it's always been in my family, but uh, when, when I bought a house down in Nashville and had a basement and uh, decided to start making things, uh, got interested in it, watched Mark Spagnuolo like everyone else, mm. and uh, started reading all the magazines, and boom, here you are. So, so here's the one that's always the tough question for everybody is, uh, what's your favorite tool? Um, I mean, we do the whole all time favorite tool of all time for this week. Um, See, we that's need the problem. To it's always weekly. This is, this <laughs> yeah. is your all time favorite tool of all time. Period. Okay. Um, or at least until I talk to you next. I would, I would have to say. I almost want to say my table saw, but I sold it, and I don't plan on getting another one. What? Um, I know it's weird. Ha- um, has Has Matt convinced you to b- build baby furniture? Or no, no, Matt would never convince anyone to not get a table saw. I, I don't no, think so. I, no, I, I uh, it's it's um, it's just one of those things that I feel like if I can do without it, I, I should, just from a safety perspective. Um, and if I do get one, it will be a saw stop. That was kind of the original plan was, um, I didn't want to move my, my grizzly. So I sold it and, and my, my wife just goes, you know, we'll go get a saw stop. And, uh, cause she's a wonderful woman I, and, yeah, she is. and, um, it just hasn't, I, I haven't set my shop back up yet. And I feel like when I do, I'm going to give it a college try of not do, of doing it without, having to spend $3,000 on a table saw. So, um, but all time favorite tool of all time. I've got to say block plane. Boring. No, it's, it's true. I will. I, you notice how often I post of my plane usage. Um, I, I use planes more than people think, but I don't use them often. That being said, I can, from where I stand, I can appreciate the value of a block plane. So, I think that is a very, very valid thing. But no, I, I, I almost said my my new sharpening stones, but I've been so busy I haven't gotten a chance <laughs> to use them, so I can't give them that that post yet. Not yet. I think I think that they will be my all time favorite tool well, of all time. Before I drag you back and beat you up, what kind of sharpening stones did you get? 
Uh, Shafton's got the twenty five percent deal right now. Do they really? Yeah, and um, it, it. I've been talking about it with Mike. I've been sitting there. I, I had an Amazon cart full for weeks and weeks and weeks, and and Mike emails me. He goes, he, he just emailed me the link, and and I probably walked between my desk and his desk eight times in three minutes, and uh, and he's just sitting there going, "Do it, do it, yeah, all right. do it." Where where are they on sale? Uh, there are a lot of places. I got mine from uh, sharpeningsupplies.com. Uh, but they've they've got – when I saw it, they had a whole list of dealers that were doing it. And it's not everything is 25% off. I got I got a 1K and an 8K for 25% off. I think I paid full price for the 4K. And the lapping plate, which I, I, I did the dia flat. I went all, all out. Um, I think that was eight percent off or something like that, which was just enough of an, of an excuse to do it. But wow, okay, nice. yeah, that that is a uh, you've you've completely derailed me. I was going to mock you for your lack of table saw and argue with you that a table saw. While I absolutely appreciate that, once you understand the benefit of a saw stop, that is the saw to buy. Yeah. Um, though the new Bosch is nice, but it's not a cabinet saw. So anyway, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain. Yeah, no, no, you've completely, you've completely derailed. Wait, why would you refrain from the Bosch? The Bosch is a beautiful saw for what it it's, is. It's just it's, a different it's saw. A good saw but it's, it's a good saw, but I mean, it's just, if I really wish that, I hope that one day they make a cabinet saw. See, I, I was thinking that. I and got they to, won't. I got, that's exactly right. They won't. I got to play with the Bosch, and from a safety perspective, I think there is no question it is as safe as the saw stop. Agreed. Um, from a user perspective in terms of maintaining the tool, I think it has the advantage in that it doesn't destroy the blade and it can fire twice on a single cartridge, not once on a single cartridge. So it is cheaper to maintain if you set it off. How often do you expect to set that off, though? I see. I, Hopefully I not often. The, I, I, I agree I not often, but I've, I, heard, I think, I've heard I, more stories about guys accidentally setting off their saw stop because the lumber was wet than I have guys saying the saw stop stayed their finger. And I, I think that that's going to be more of a problem with the Bosch than the saw stop because you can test the, the material on the saw stop. You can't test it on the Bosch. I, that could very well be true, um, but – you're never replacing the blade and you're getting the cartridge cost the exact same and you're getting two fires, not one out of it. So the Bosch is going to be – hopefully you're never setting either one of them off. But the Bosch is going to run longer before you have to buy – invest money in replacing the stuff that went off. And if you're working on a job site, I think the Bosch is perfectly fine. If you're working – Saw stop is cheaper. Now, these are the opinions of myself only, not fine when working, by the way. I would never be so presumptuous. Yes. (laughs) Um, But you also, I was a Bosch 4000 owner for many years before I upgraded to a contractor. So I'm I'm leaning right now. My laptop and mic are set up on my Delta uh, contractor saw. And it is a good, but by no means great table saw. And I live with it because until I upgrade to a full saw stop, um, I, I'm not going to bother investing in a table saw. I've watched yeah. a friend take two fingers off. My dad has a permanent scar on his thumb from a table saw. I absolutely understand how dangerous a table saw can be. Um, that being said, I think the Bosch is a ver- – for a benchtop saw, Yeah, no one can compare to the Bosch. It is a phenomenal benchtop saw, and in many regards, not all, but many, 
it is as good as a contractor saw. And to put those safety features in that style saw, I work for a commercial roofing company. Next saw we buy will be that Bosch. Um, Because from a a liability perspective and from a usefulness in a commercial application perspective, it's hands down the best. Um, And I'm not, at this point, I've forgotten how we got on this tangent. Um, I don't even know. Yeah. But yes, the, the Bosch is great. But that being said, the saw stop is a phenomenal cabinet saw. And Bosch, if you look at Bosch's history, they're not going to make a cabinet saw. No. Now, with this technology, they maybe they see a new market and maybe they will. And if they do, my guess is it'll be a good saw because Bosch makes nice stuff across the board. Or maybe they license it. That would not surprise me. And Bosch no. owning skill, it, it frankly, it wouldn't surprise me if Bosch just bought a cabinet saw maker and put this t- put this technology in it. Because Bosch, Bosch, I want to say, is the largest privately held company in the world. It is it is a tremendous, tremendous company in terms of the international corporation that it is. And the tools are this tiny little toy that the the, the mother company has. Yeah. Um, so they have pockets deeper than anyone. Frankly, it would not surprise me if they just turned around and bought, um, bought Sawstop. Yeah. But that being said, the fact that there are two people in the market with this technology is, is only a good thing. And if, if if they were ever had the hint or an inclination of buying saw stop, they would have done it well before they spent all this time and money into I making think it so. a competitor. Right. You're probably right, but there are there are marketing reasons for a big company like that that are far beyond any of the three of us to reason why they might do that. Well, I I'm horrible at marketing, so I'm not going to be good too. For what you market. I'm going to say you're very good, but marketing for the largest the largest privately held company in the world, I don't think you you're in that kind of marketing. No, I'm. You I, actually I, care I, about your customers. You build relationships. <laughs> not that most of them care, but that's not the kind of market they're in. Yeah. Well, it's but it's easy. It's easy when you are one of the customers. Exactly. Um, so <clears throat> anyway, let's get back to the questions. I'm going to leave this by. I don't often do this, but I'm going to say that you should get a table saw. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next question. So, yeah, next question. So in terms of your woodworking, who has influenced you the most and who put you on this crazy idea of trying to woodwork without a table saw? Um, crazy idea of trying to woodwork without a table saw would be um, my wife's uncle is a professional woodworker. Does really, really well in the crafts market and the crafts fair market, uh, uh, Ray Jones. And he does not have a table saw. And it's, it's obvious that you can do incredibly high end work without a table saw. Um, but I, most, this is most influential woodworker to you, to me or something. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Influenced you the most in your woodworking. I gotta say, I mean, I would have to be a toss up between Mike and Matt right now. Um, just because they're, you know, they're like my woodworking uncles or something right now. Um, before I worked at the magazine, I would, I would probably, would I have said Chris Schwartz? Maybe. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I think I would have said Chris Schwartz just because, especially Anarchist Tool Chest really kind of messed with my head. Mm. Uh, and 
and that that was you know a, a big thing for me that that book and uh, working with him was was really big too. Uh, right now, from a purely woodworking standpoint, I'd, I'd have to say Mike and Matt, uh, just because they they influence just about every everything I do. Uh, the the thing about Mike and Matt is they live and breathe woodworking and woodworking Absolutely. design, and I yep. can imagine how having the opportunity to work with them on a daily basis is tremendously influential. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So. Um, all right. So next question. So in, in terms of your woodworking and, and just what, what would you say is the, the biggest stumbling block you've had along the way? That's, you know, something sharpening. that's kind of sharpening, sharpening. I, I, I mean, um, I have prescribed to so many different methods of sharpening and um, I've got uh, Chris gave me some oil stones uh, and I've got the work sharp and I did the sandpaper thing and I've got um, a Norton uh, combo stone, like a one K four K stone. And um, until I started working and I thought I was getting sharp, um, but I wasn't getting the results and, and not being sharp, influences everything after it. Um, sure. you know, you're, I, I also thought that people were just being stubborn about plane usage, um, because I wasn't getting the results I wanted. Um, but, uh, until you get sharp, like sharp, 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 yep. uh, you'll, you'll never be able to use a hand plane correctly. You'll never, or you'll never get the results that you want. You'll never get the results from your chisels. You'll never get the results from anything. And, um, I, I hate to say it, but that's one place that, like, I, I, we were just talking about it. I just dropped 400 bucks, $400 on stones and, and a lapping stone or, or a, a, a lapping plate. And honestly, I wish I'd done it five years ago. I think I, that's probably a very common, I think that's a, I think that's probably one of most people's very common one. But a lot of people don't identify that because it is. I mean, if you're right, if, if you're not sharp, and most people don't know what sharp is. You know, a lot of times you, you know, they pick up a, a plane from, you know, they pull it out of the box and, you know, unless it's one of the like really high end planes, it's not sharp, but they think it's sharp. And then they think they can just start using it. And it's like, wow, this thing doesn't work very well. And <laughs> why does anybody use this? Or, I mean, you know, just because just it'll take hair off your arm doesn't mean it's sharp. Right. No. Uh, but it's, you know, uh, I think in the first week or so, Mike, Mike said, we, we we went down to the, to, to the shop and he went through his regimen with me and uh, left me with a full set of stones that I don't know why he has extras, but he has extras. <laughs> of course he does. And, um, you know, it just until I had that and, and the, the lapping plate from work, it just it just never it always seemed to elude me, you know, and um, I just if you're if you're going to do anything with hand tools. I just I can't stress enough how much you really do need to invest in it, it doesn't need to be Shapton stones with a $170 lapping plate but can I, you, can I you, ask you about that for a second? Yeah. The Shapton stones my understanding was that they needed dramatically less lapping than a traditional stone. Is that true or do you need to lap them off and that's why you got the, the fancy lapping plate? Um I got the fancy lapping plate because uh Mike told me to Bob, Bob Van Dyke told me to (laughs) another woodworker who I, I mean, I respect everything that man has to say. He's a phenomenal teacher and a phenomenal woodworker. Um, and 
they had both kind of said, just do it and you won't regret it. And that was the DMT lapping plate? Yeah. And and that when you have those guys who who I, I know are not just throw money at the problem guys, mm. you know, it, they're not they're not going to tell me to buy the most expensive thing just because. Um, but, you know, I think Mike even said he's like, you know, it's going to sting, but you'll you'll be you'll be glad for the rest of your life. And there you go. So. Excellent. So you've got through your stumbling block. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Last question. Um, how has the Internet influenced your work? It's everything to my work. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be woodworking without the Internet. I wouldn't make a living doing what I do without the Internet. <laughs> I, I, I run findwoodworking.com. So, um, but, uh, Show it's, off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it's uh, it's I can't imagine I can't imagine where it would be without it. I think I would still be uh, a pissed off audio engineer. Um, it, it's I mean just the ability to see and be inspired twenty times in a finger swipe on Instagram, um, and to you know. You, I, I have a thing about showing my mistakes on my Instagram feed and to have people sit there and go, Oh, I did that. I did that. I did that. You know, it makes you feel, it makes you feel a little less worthwhile or a, a little less, you know, worthless um, as a woodworker to, when, when you've got people who you know and respect sitting there saying, been there, done that, yeah. you know, you'll get through it. This is what you did wrong. Don't do it again. You know, um, uh, but, uh, and I mean, I was the guy who, uh, would sit there and download, uh, articles from the, from the, from findworking.com and just, I've got a Dropbox folder that's just filled with projects I want to make and, and things that I've never gotten to, but the, the amount of knowledge in, in there is just insane. It is. And, uh. And I mean, that goes for all of the magazines. There's, there's so many, I, because I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I get, I, I jump around pop woodworking. I jump around woodworking and, and, or, or wood, wood, wood magazine. And, uh, there's a lot of phenomenal content out there. Uh, and I'm really, really proud to be working for fine woodworking though, especially. So. Nice. Well, congratulations again. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, congratulations. You know, look forward to seeing a lot more from you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I look forward to it as well. You're not in a high-stress environment to home building, huh? I'm the brains behind the operation. I'm not the talent.